Welcome to the Simply Live Fit podcast. In this episode, I talk to Jordan Syatt about his deadlifting accomplishment and how you can get an explosive deadlift. I hope you enjoy. I actually wanted to talk to you about injuries. And I know that, did you deadlift four times your body weight? I did, yes. Yeah, so did you come across any injuries in that process of getting there? It's interesting. In the process of getting there, no. Afterwards, debilitating. Yeah, I had really, really awful back pain um, for the better part of three years. Uh, and I still have a little bit left, but it's, I, when I say awful, I mean like for the better part of three years, if I went down to tie my shoe, there was an, a strong chance of throwing it out. Um, now, fortunately, I'm good. Like I can do everything. I can do jujitsu. I can lift weights, everything like that. Um, so it took a while, but it was actually, it wasn't in the process leading up to deadlifting four times. It was, it was actually just afterwards. And I think it was just the culmination of loading my body with way too much weight for m- too many years. Right. So, cause I know you're so specifically focused on executing form properly. It's not mm-hmm. because of that. It was just because it was too much for you. Yeah. Well, so there was one specific instance and actually the video is down on Instagram in like 2014 or something. The video is still up from when it happened. Um, I was doing very high volume, uh, high volume conventional deadlifts and I usually do sumo deadlifts. So I had switched to conventional and there was literally, there was one rep in the conventional deadlift that I vividly remember being like, Oh, that wasn't good, but it wasn't debilitating. It wasn't like I had to stop lifting. I went through the whole session. It was just, I could feel something was there the rest of the workout. Uh, and then it, it progressively got worse and worse and worse and worse. And, and fortunately that happened after I, I pulled four times body weight. So then after your injury, did you sort of step back from any heavy compound movements and just sort of do like single leg exercises or just like light body weight or what did you do to recover so I tried to consistently squat and deadlift heavy for a while after that and failed in terms of I kept re-injuring myself. Uh, and then I switched to, I was like, you know what, I, I, it doesn't make sense for me to do much bilateral squatting or, or bilateral deadlifting. Uh, I ended up switching more towards a lot more unilateral single leg work, single leg RDLs. Um, not, I really didn't do much squatting in general. Any type of squat really became either a lunge or a Bulgarian split squat. But, um, I did not do much bilateral squatting mainly just because my torso ends up getting too close to parallel with the floor. The, the forward lean really puts a lot of pressure on my lower back. So any type of squatting, I really made sure I had a, vo- a vertical torso, um, and any single leg RDL or even RDLs were okay. As long as I didn't load it too, too heavy. And were you ever told that like you shouldn't deadlift ever again? I, to be very frank with you, I never went to a doctor. Like I I never went to a doctor. I never seeked out medical help because I knew what they would probably say. They're like, all right, so don't be stupid and lift heavy like that again. And, um, I have lifted heavy since. Like I still, I mean, I could any day that we go into the gym, pull well over 400 pounds without pain. It's not an issue. Um, there was just a period of time in which, and I was, I was younger and I was dumber and I was like, my, my ego is very much 
centered around lifting as heavy as I possibly could. And I was like, in that time in my life, I was like, what's the point of lifting if I can't lift heavy as possible? So I kept trying to do it. And then I kept reentering myself. Then after taking time off, building up the weaknesses, getting, making sure I was mobile in the right places, stable in the right places. Now I can come back and I'm totally fine. Um, I haven't had really bad back pain in several years at this point. Um, but sometimes after doing jujitsu, like five, six, seven times a week, multiple weeks in a row, a lot of jujitsu is, is done with serious spinal flexion. Uh, and you actually see a lot of spinal flexion issues in jujitsu athletes. And so I can start to feel it sometimes when I do that too many days in a row, but it's nothing, nothing even close to debilitating or, or preventing me from doing what I want to do. Right. Interesting. Okay. I'm asking these questions because I broke my pelvis in January and I know you're not a doctor, Um, (laughs) but it's hard sometimes to believe doctors in what they say. Like my doctor actually told me that I don't need physio and I don't believe him at, at all. Like how could I, I'm 21. How could I not need physio like for future arthritis pain and stuff like that. And I just got into lifting about a year ago. I really like deadlifts. And he said, I probably shouldn't do those ever again, but I want to get back there eventually. And I know I'm not going to go for a one rep max, right? but I still want to be able to do them. And it's just like this sort of mental block in my mind of wrapping my head around this injury. Yep. When did it happen? It was January 4th and I was on crutches for three months and I just got off them uh, like last week. Got it. Okay. Well, congrats on getting off the crutches. It's amazing. Um, Are you able to do any loaded exercise, any weight bearing exercise at all? Yeah. He said I can basically do whatever I want now. Um, and the only thing restricting me is the pain that I'm going to feel the next day. And then I sort of take that with a grain of salt for the next time I do whatever I do. Okay. Like he said, you can squat though. You just, you just said you can't ever deadlift. We didn't actually get into like specific exercises before that. I sort of asked him about the deadlift right before I got my surgery or after, which was like a weekend. Got it. Okay. All right. So yeah, I mean, listen, again, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physical therapist. So you definitely have to take what I say with a huge grain of salt. Um, I don't see why anyone really in almost any circumstance wouldn't be able to deadlift for the rest of their life, mainly because there are many different ways to deadlift, right? I think when people hear deadlift, they just always think like one rep max, conventional or sumo, and that's it. And there are many, many, many ways to do it, including unilateral options, um, offloaded options, offset options, split stance options. There's so many different ways to do it. I, I would be shocked if you actually weren't able to deadlift of some sort for the rest of your life. I think you absolutely can. You're just going to have to be very smart with the loading and also very smart and really understanding which variations are okay for you based on any limitation that you have. Yeah, for sure. Just getting used to my, my hip positioning again. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So when you were training to deadlift four times your body weight, was that just like a a personal goal for you? Yeah. So basically, um, I knew I wanted to do that for years because I knew three times body weight for, for men is considered advanced. And I was like, cool. Well, if three times it is advanced, then I want to do four times. And I did, I said that when I was like 18 years old. Um, 
and it wasn't that difficult for me to reach three times bodyweight deadlift. Like it wasn't that hard. I didn't, I was very consistent with my training, but like, it wasn't something that when I hit it, I was like, Oh my God, like I finally did it. Cause it didn't take that long. Um, I think genetically I'm built to deadlift very, very well as I have a very efficient deadlift just based on how I'm built. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't like that outrageous for me when I did it. And so the hard part was going from three times to four times. There are countless numbers of people who've deadlifted three times their body weight. I'm, unless I'm wrong now, you can only count the people who've deadlifted four times their body weight on two hands. Uh, and so like, that's why I was like, I want to, I want to do that. And so that was it. For sure. And by consistently, do you mean like every day you were practicing deadlifting? So no, 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 not at all. What I mean by that is I was doing, I was training four times a week. Uh, my workouts were four times a week, two of which were solely lower body focused squat and deadlifts because I was a competitive power lifter. But what I mean by that is over about a five year time span, training four times a week, I didn't miss a single workout. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Especially yeah, over it, the five years. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Holy cow. And <laughs> Did you exclude all cardio and stuff like that to build the strength? I wouldn't say I excluded cardio. I definitely didn't emphasize it. And I definitely didn't emphasize cardio in the form of running or jogging, um, mainly because, I mean, very clear difference in number one, energy systems used and, and muscle fiber types used and developed when you're trying to train for maximal strength versus more endurance. Uh, if I did cardio, oftentimes it was much more kettlebell focused. So I did do a fair amount of kettlebell circuits, more like circuit training. I mean, kettlebell swings, you can clearly see the, the relation between swings and deadlifts. So I tried to make as much of my training specific to deadlifting as possible. And because there was no pounding, like with running or jogging or anything like that, you get pounding on your joints. I didn't want to have that for my deadlift. So any type of uh, cardio would be more kettlebell swing focused. Yeah, that makes sense. Because there's still the, the hip movement is basically the gist of the exercise. Okay. The best way to explain it, a kettlebell swing is a dynamic deadlift. That's all it is. It's literally the exact same movement, except the weight is moving like this. Your body does the same thing. It's a, and it's a funny. I don't know if you've ever seen videos of me deadlift, but I do this weird thing where I throw my hands up, I yes. come up, and then I come down. It's like that's part. It's mainly because of broad jumps. Broad jumps, you throw your arms up, come down, and then jump forward. It's the same motion, but similar to a kettlebell swing. When you swing hands come up, come back down, hands come up, come back down. It's the same arm motion off and or a similar arm motion to the swing, much more similar to the broad jump. And that's how it often like power up and I gear up that like I'm going to get as much momentum as I can and then come back down and pick it up. Interesting. Okay. And you're also really explosive with your deadlifts. Uh, how do you, I would say, how do you still have like the right form and incorporate the explosiveness at the same time like what should come first that's very very it's a great question and it's it takes a very long time to develop the speed and explosiveness that i bring over to my deadlifts a lot of people see it and like they want to try it immediately but it's not a good idea um technique comes first explosiveness ex explosivity explosiveness comes after um 
and one of the main reasons is very obvious. Like you could be the most explosive person in the world, but if your technique sucks, then all of your explosiveness, it will diminish through the poor technique. You're not going to be able to transfer your force efficiently. So you have to understand good technique first. And really one of the main components of that is pulling the slack out of the bar. A lot of people talk about pulling the slack out of the bar, but they don't even really know what it means. And you have to be able to pull the tension, pull the slack out of the bar before you can have really a very efficient deadlift. And what people don't see when they see me do a very quick, very explosive deadlift is I've learned through literally thousands and thousands and thousands of reps how to pull the slack out very, very quickly. I'm not just jerking the bar up. Someone who doesn't have a very trained eye might be like, oh, he's just jerking the bar up. That's not what I'm doing. I'm actually pulling the slack out of the bar at an outrageously fast rate. And that way it's more efficient and I get the benefit of speed and a higher rate of force production. Interesting. And when you're just starting out with deadlifts, is it okay to do it on like a Smith machine or does that sort of take out and it's cheating the, the balance and pulling it up properly, like straight? So it's a, you're asking great questions. It very much depends on your goal. If you told me that you wanted to compete in a powerlifting competition and do the deadlift on a platform to compete, I would say doing it on the Smith machine would be a very poor idea. Um, on the other hand, if you told me that you really don't care about competing, you just want to do it because you want a great ass and nice hamstrings and like you just you like using the Smith machine, then I'd say, cool, that's totally fine. Um, in terms of balance, this is where people, they get super caught up in the wrong shit and they, they try and make themselves sound smarter than they actually are. Like, well, the deadlift, if you're doing the Smith machine, it takes away the, the balance component. I'm like, you're standing on two feet. Like, the goal of the deadlift is not to improve your balance. The goal of the deadlift is to improve your strength, period, end of story. If you want to work on your balance, do more single leg stuff. If you want to work on your balance, do stuff that's focused on your balance. The deadlift is not the time to work on balance. So if you want a deadlift for maximum strength and competition, use the barbell. If you want a deadlift and really focus on really muscle recruitment and feeling individual muscles and or you like the Smith machine, I would do the Smith machine. If you want to do both, you can do both. But if we're going to talk about balance, then let's talk about like single leg balancing drills. Right. That makes sense. Awesome. And now um, my next question, I'm sort of backtracking to the injury. Um, with me, since being on crutches, I wasn't putting any weight on my left side. So now I've lost all the muscle in my left leg. Um, should I, if I'm to even out this muscle and balance, should I just pick another exercise to do on top of my workout just for my left leg? Or do I add another two reps just on my left side? I would, I would still keep a very even program. I mean, the reality is like, yeah, I'm sure you lost muscle in it, but it'll come back. It, it'll come back. Not to mention there's, I believe it's called the crossover effect and you can look this up. It might not be the crowd called the crossover effects, but I believe it is. Let's say for example, someone has a broken arm. They have a broken arm and they can't train one arm. If they train the other arm, the, the broken arm actually still gets benefit from it. The broken arm actually still helps retain its muscle better, still retain its strength better. Um, so even if you were, let's say you had hurt one leg, but you were still training the other one, the one that was hurt is pretty amazing, still gets benefit from it. 
I don't think it's worth your time to be doing extra work on the leg that that's behind. I think that it will naturally build up in conjunction with it. And I don't, maybe it'll take four weeks, maybe it'll take three months. But when I look at the risk versus reward, I don't see the, the reward of doing extra training on the, on the weaker leg being that much more beneficial than, and definitely not worth the risk that I think would come with it. Cause if you start training the weaker leg now more, then you run the risk of actually doing too much of doing an, having an overuse injury. You actually see this happen with a lot of people. I've seen it happen with sprinters where sometimes they'll like, they'll have an issue with one leg and they'll try to bring up the muscles in the other leg. Then they tear the hamstring. And it's like, it's pretty crazy how you can see that happen. So I'd way rather you just keep it equal on both. Okay. So with people, even too, cause I'm a waitress. So my, uh, my left trap is like way stronger than my right. Um, yep. should that just sort of not matter. And I just try to carry my tray in my right hand and just leave my workouts the same. Yeah, I, w- I would leave your workouts the same. I would address any imbalances in your mobility and your soft tissue work, right? Like I would address those. So taking a lacrosse ball to it, an active mobility ball, whatever, uh, getting soft tissue work done on it if it's super tight. Um, I don't think anything necessarily has to change with, change with your strength training as a result of it. Um, I mean, this is where people have these arguments there they'll uh sort of like for example people will say this is why you need to switch your deadlift grip they'll, like do this because if you do this one too often then you'll develop an imbalance and i'm like what are you talking about number one i mean if that were the case then we would all have serious imbalances from driving with one foot on the gas and usually we just put one arm up right very few people are doing this and it's usually one of the same arm it's always the same leg hitting the gas it's like we should have serious imbalances from that also, not to mention, you look at sprinters, right, or, or any track stars, they run on a slight incline, right, it's slightly inclined, and it goes around the exact same way. They don't run the opposite direction. So if you're actually looking at it, they would have a slight imbalance doing that. Our bodies are really good at adapting. We're very, very good at adapting. It's not a big issue. I would still treat yourself the same way. I would treat yourself like a balanced human being and address any tight muscles or anything that's uh that that is an issue through your mobility mobility work soft tissue work but i wouldn't change drastically your programming in any way unfortunately this podcast ended a bit early if you want to hear more about coaching and how jordan site became a personal trainer you can go to episode four and we cover our second half of the podcast there thanks for listening if you want to learn more check out simplylifit.ca see you next time